You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. So uh, we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2. We have been on this journey with Joseph and Mary. And um, and, uh, so we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, just a few verses. And I believe if you have your Bible, you can turn there. If not, they have it on the screen. Boom. That night, here's what it says. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. I want to pause there. I don't know. This might speak to someone this morning, but maybe you're here, and you're a bit terrified. Like, you're like, I don't even know why I said yes to this invite to come to church. And you're like, I don't even know what's going on. And you find yourself just a little bit terrified, a little uneasy, just unsure of, of, of why you are here. If that's you, I got great news for you. Verse 10 says this, but the angel reassured him, don't be afraid. Watch this. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Listen, this morning. I want to let you know that I have good news that's full of great joy for all people. Now, now here's the thing. The word all in the Hebrew, here's what it means. All. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and, and so, uh, man, y'all feel. Uh, and, and so that, that's you and that's me. So there's good news of great joy for all people. Listen, there's a few moments that we have left. I want to share with you why, as a believer, we see this holiday as the hope for the world. And, um, and so lean in. It's going to be a fast, bumpy ride, but it's going to be good. Amen? Hey, let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have to come together and to just uh, to, to learn more about you. Jesus, I thank you that you love us as we are, but you love us so much more that you want to do a work in our hearts and in our lives to perfect us and change us, God, so that we can experience everything that you have for us. And so, God, right now in these uh, next remaining minutes together, would you just speak to our hearts that we would leave here changed, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen. I want to talk to you real quick about Disneyland. Um, They have a saying at Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. I don't know about that. Like it's it's a little bit misleading. Um, So we took my kids, my my wife and I, my wife is here. She's not with the kids. Hello, girl. Hello, girl. Ow! Sorry, I'm back. Um, <laughs> my, uh, we, we took, my wife and I, we took our, our three kids, our five-month, or excuse me, our uh, five-year-old, seven-year-old, and two-month-old to Disneyland in uh, the summer this past July. And, and uh, we, this, this whole time that before we got there, uh, my wife or my son and I, we were talking about the Tower of Terror. It's not called that anymore. I don't know what it's called now. Guardians, and, and, we, and we were like, hey, my, my son was like, dad, I can't wait to go on there. 
And I'm like, I can't wait to go on there either. And so we're excited. And the first day that we're in Disneyland, we, we, we go, um, we, we wait in line. And like, it's one of those lines that you just wait kind of forever. And, and so we're, like, we're waiting in there. And I can tell that my son was just like a little unsure of what he got himself into, you know. And I, I was like, buddy, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, dad. And so finally, we, we got up to, to the gate where they, where they sit you down and, and the gate opened. And then in that moment, my son was like, Dad, I don't, I don't know about this. I was like, shut up. Come on. And <laughs> I didn't say that. I don't say that to my kid. Uh, <laughs> and so, so, so uh, we, we got him to sit down, right? And then all of a sudden, my, my son is like, Dad, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, no, it's going to be okay, buddy. It's going to be okay. He's like, Dad, no, I don't want And he's like, he starts trying to, like, get out of the seat. Luckily, the guy that was, that was there, he, just, he saw this struggle, and he, he's like, he quickly shut the gate, shut the door, and, <laughs> and, and we were in there. And so, and so we're on this ride, and it takes you up, and my son is, like, holding on his nails. I literally had, like, cuts on my arm from his nails in my arm, and then it drops us, right? And then my son's like, Daddy, is that it? And then it brings us back up, and it drops us again. And, like, by the time we're done, my son is like, oh, oh, Dad, I hate you. Like, he didn't say that. Just like I didn't say shut up. And, and, and so, so he's like, it's, he's like, Dad, no. He's, he's, he's like freaking out. Like he, he's, you know when kids do that? They got that snot. And he, like, he's just, he's just like freaking out. The problem was that was the first ride that we went on. And so it dictated every other ride going forward. And so for the, for the first day and a half, maybe, my son was like, I don't want to do any more rides. I'm like, buddy, like, we paid a lot of money. Come on, let's go. I don't want to do any rides. We went to the Winnie the Pooh ride, right? He, uh, he was like, he's like, I don't want to do any rides, Dad. I'm like, dude, it's Winnie the Pooh. He, he said, Dad, ask him if it drops. <laughs> I was like... And, he's, and so, like, this whole time, it was ruined. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about how this, uh, this experience on the Guardians of the Galaxy, how it really affected the rest of his trip. And I, I began thinking how it's very similar in that sometimes, if we allow it, our past pains if we allow it, can frame our future experiences. And I wonder this morning, how many of us allow the past pains to affect our future experiences, our future encounters in life? And so that's kind of the big idea of what I want us to talk about today. But before we jump into that, I want us to make sure that we are all on the same page with this story of Joseph and Mary. And so if you're here this morning and you, are, you don't really know about the story of Joseph and Mary, I'm going I'm to give you the cliff notes right now. Uh, Joseph and Mary, they, they fell in love. They got engaged. 
And uh, this was a very interesting engagement uh, because during the engagement, Mary's like, Joseph, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Except Joseph's like, how? <laughs> and uh, I was thinking, I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, like I just I like to put myself in the the text and I like to just like, man, if that was me, I would respond this way or I would act this way. Is that just me? Okay. Well, luckily for you, uh, we, we, <laughs> I thought of uh, if Mary was to break the news to Joseph about being pregnant, <laughs> y'all are like, where is he going? Uh, uh, we, I, I created a, a, what I, like a text message that I think if Mary was texting Joseph that she's pregnant, this is how that message would go, okay? So just bear, check it out. And so, um, anyways, if you read the passage in the Bible, uh, Joseph is actually thinking about breaking off the engagement. When he gets the news, he's like, hmm, I don't know. But an angel appeared to Joseph and told him, Joseph, hey, you need to stick with it. Like there's a purpose, there's a reason. And so Joseph, we, we find out that he's obedient. And so Joseph and Mary, they work it out. They, they, they work it out and they stay engaged. All of a sudden, they're told that they need to go to uh, Joseph's uh, birth town of Bethlehem. To, uh, basically, it was a giant tax audit. And so they wanted to make sure that, that everyone that was under the Roman Empire were paying their taxes. And everyone said, yay. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, so they do that. They're headed there. And they go from... Uh, Nazareth to Bethlehem. And uh, I, I really want us this morning to, uh, to focus in on this little town that we call Bethlehem. This little town of Bethlehem. Because I believe that if we, uh, we can understand the hope that Jesus brings when we understand what he did to this town called Bethlehem. So, so if uh, so, this morning, the um, the first time in the Bible that Bethlehem is um, is in the Bible, did I did that make sense? The first time that we see the word Bethlehem in the Bible is in the book of Genesis, chapter thirty-five. Okay, and and it's very Christmassy. So let me read this to you. It says, Rachel was about to die. Hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs> but with her last breath, 
She named the baby Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. The baby's father, however, called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. So the very first time that we hear about this little town called Bethlehem, it had nothing to do with hope, but everything to do with death. Merry Christmas. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. It had nothing to do with hope. It had everything to do with death. And, and really, Bethlehem became uh, synonymous with this monument of Rachel's grave. In fact, the reason is uh, because Rachel, she was kind of a big deal. See, Rachel, uh, she was the wife to this guy named Jacob, who would later become Israel, who would become one of the patriarchs of the Israelites, okay? So that's, that's his wife, her wife, her husband. Um, she was the mother of, uh, of Joseph. Do you guys remember Joseph? He got sold into Egypt, and uh, like that was, she was his mom. And so this idea of Rachel, uh, it's a big deal. And, and so when people would travel to Bethlehem, they would first have to pass this monument of sorrow, of death, of pain, of agony. She died giving birth. So they passed this place of where life was given and, and taken at the same time time they they had to pass this monument on the way to entering into Bethlehem this monument that reminded people of the horrid death the reality of life can I say that sometimes life just stinks sometimes there's monuments that pop up on the side of our road Sometimes situations don't always happen the way that we want them to happen. Sometimes, uh, sometimes we get news of things that we, we don't want to hear. And here is this, this little town of Bethlehem. And, and Bethlehem became synonymous with brokenness rather than a blessing. And I wonder how many of us here this morning how we've turned our Bethlehem into brokenness rather than seeing it as a blessing. See, because we all on this journey and this path that we call life, we've all accumulated hurts and pains and frustrations. We've all encountered disappointments. We've all encountered things that, man, we were not expecting and it's very easy if you're not careful to begin to view our past pains and frame them, frame our future experiences. It's very easy to 
to allow those, those hurts to prevent you from ever moving forward and, and going to where God has called you and created you to be. And I want to pause here because we have a very eclectic group of people in here that no matter where you are in this road of spirituality, maybe you're here and you, you don't know Jesus, maybe you're here and you've known Jesus for a long time, I just, I want to say this because I may never see you guys again, that, um, that God created you for a purpose and a calling, that uh, you're not here by accident, that you're not a mistake, that you're not a disappointment, and, uh, and so I need you to know that because because if you don't know that, you, you begin to just look at those past monuments of pain. And it's very easy to just become fixated on, on, those, on those things. And I get it. Like, I, I get it. There's some things that, man, if you shared with me, like, I know that it's rough and I know that it's hard. But, but there's so much more for you. If you can push past those, those monuments. And so, so this morning... Um, so, so here we are, we're, we're, we're with Bethlehem, and, and Bethlehem uh, thus far is, is, is synonymous with brokenness rather than, than, than a blessing. But I love how God didn't keep it there. Like, I, I love how the story of the little town of Bethlehem, that it didn't end with the death of a mom and the death of a wife. But God wanted to, dare I say, redeem the story. And so in this little town of Bethlehem that was known for the death of, of this patriarch named Rachel, in this town that, that, that was synonymous with brokenness, God did the unthinkable. See, because in this town of brokenness and of death, God chose it to be the very town to birth life. And it, he chose this little town to be the very town that would not usher in death, but hope for all of humanity. See, Bethlehem... On a greeting card now, like you don't have a little grave site. <laughs> and it says, oh, little town of Bethlehem. But instead, there's a little manger. And it's this idea that, man, God was able to redefine the death and bring life into that situation. And, and this morning, as as I'm as I or this week, as I was just working through through this this message, uh, this idea that that I need you to know this morning that whatever situation that you've gone through, whatever past pain that you've experienced, whatever disappointment in life has hit you, to know that God is in the business of redefining. What seemed to be death, and he wants to redefine it and give it life. And so, if you could get anything this morning out of this, 
this discussion and this talk, I want you to know that, that God is here and he wants to redefine your, your pain. He wants to redefine your, redefine your hurt. And he wants to instill hope inside of you. He wants to give you hope once again so that you can see clearly the future that he has for you. So that you can see what he has in store for you. That your past isn't framed, or excuse me, that your future isn't framed by your past pain. But you have a new point of reference, a new frame to filter life through. Listen, I want you to understand this morning that hope is here. That we celebrate Christmas because hope is here in the form of baby Jesus that came. To give hope to your situation, to bring life to your situation, to take that thing that you thought was dead and see a miracle happen. God is wanting to redefine your Bethlehem this morning. See, I think going into 2000. And 19, that we run into it full of hope. Full of hope and full of life. That we try not to bring our, our hurt with us in there and to allow our future to be framed by God and, and what He says and who He is. In our life. And so hope is here. Hope is here. If you hear nothing else this morning, hope is here. Whatever you're going through, whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation, God wants to change that hurt and turn it into hope. You. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.